I didn't realize this until after I'd chosen the teaching text, and it's going to be a, a truncated teaching this morning uh, based on just uh, some things that we're going to do a little bit later. I noticed the last word on the teaching text today is farewell. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, <laughs> I had a moment, like, as I was studying, it's like, oh, that's it, that's it, okay, goodbye. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, well, in 2022, as we uh, began the year, our, uh, our teaching team really felt uh, a sense of direction in um, having as the first series of the year that really kind of set the tone for the entire year, and the series was on rest, uh, finding silence and solitude in the busy life. And uh, I think part of it was maybe uh, a reaction to coming out of COVID and kind of a resistance to, um, to going back, you know, to being on the on-ramp to the busy life again. It's like we didn't want that, but then uh, what in terms of spiritual practices can we learn about rest, about tranquility, about really just uh, dwelling in the presence of the Lord as opposed to just, you know, the rat race as they call it here. Uh, and so uh, this series really taught us how to uh, enter into that quiet rest, which is both formative and transformative as we experienced. It's formative by focusing on who we are rather than what we do and how it focuses on not what we're doing, but uh, actually our being, who we are. It's made possible by positioning ourselves to respond to impressions of the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through his word, his living word, as we open scripture and we read it. That's, that's really the most prominent way that he speaks to us, but also there's impressions that you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, to us, as we are just sitting and dwelling in his presence. It's also transformative as we experience the transcendent presence of Christ, the, the, the thing that's something other than what we can experience in this realm. Learning as we meditate on God's word and we see glimpses of a future we could not have imagined on our own. Your pastors, myself and Ryan, and I'm sure many others, practiced what we preached. Um, our separate journeys of silence and solitude in God's presence intersected, Ryan and myself, intersected at one point last year when it came to our respective roles at Anchor Church. That journey led us to this moment in time, a moment I'm not sure we would be at if not for the call of God to quiet ourselves and hear his voice. I think we might have just kept going not hit pause and just really spend a good season of time, month after month after month, of just sensing the Holy Spirit speaking not only to myself, but to Pastor Ryan. Last fall, our teaching team began planning for our teaching series to start this year, 2023. And we were unified, as we always seem to be, our teaching team, that the first series of the year would focus on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And these are not separate, I think, entities or separate studies when we talk about quieting our spirit and resting, finding science, silence and solitude from the busy life and experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit actively working in our life. They're very much, and I had this moment like an epiphany a couple of weeks ago. It's like, oh, now I, I can really see the connection between last year as we started and this year as we start and how God has been speaking. And it's really beautiful. 
In fact, it's really beautiful how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and in the life of the church when we let the Holy Spirit work. This past two months, we've studied how the Holy Spirit works in innovation, creativity, in conviction of sin, in guidance, giving us direction, in empowerment, in comfort, in help, and how the Holy Spirit gifts and equips followers of Jesus. The spiritual practice of silence and solitude includes an invitation to welcome the Holy Spirit to fill us daily. I believe that's what it means when we're filled with the Spirit, that we are filled daily and even overflowing of the Spirit of God. So there's a real correlation between the two series and truly the Holy Spirit has led us. I stand here today recognizing how the Lord has prepared us individually and collectively. Again, it's truly beautiful how the Lord can lead his church. A precedent for the Holy Spirit working in the church is evident in our teaching text today. Now, the book of Acts chronicles how Christianity spread. It spread first, uh, started with the Jewish Christians on the day of Pentecost, the 120 but then it went from there to the Gentiles. Gentiles simply, is, is all, I think all of you know, is just a word for something other than Jewish. And so it was going out from there. But with that, some of the Jewish Christians were, uh, we, we don't judge them, maybe they're well-intended, but they were trying to impose uh, Jewish regulations, uh, uh, customs upon the Gentile Christians. For example, circumcision. Uh, they were saying, well, you know, it's great that these Gentiles are becoming Christians, but, you know, they should follow the law of Moses and really be authentic followers of God or people of God and be circumcised. And so there was some uh, controversy about that, as you might imagine. Uh, I won't go down that road too far, but, you know, uh, there was some opposition to, to that and other things. And so James, the pastor of the Jewish Christian congregation in Jerusalem, suggested that Gentile believers should not be burdened with following Jewish customs, except for a few that, that are included in the text that are really more moral than anything. His influence at the Council of Jerusalem resulted in a letter that would go out from uh, Jerusalem to the Gentile Christians in Antioch and in Syria and Cilicia. And this letter was a great blessing as it was uh, read to those Gentile Christians to summarize how they arrived at the decision, the statement was included in the letter. And this is really our theme for today. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. For a few minutes, I would like for us to consider how the Holy Spirit guides decisions in the kingdom of God. And I might add that not only in the, the broad kingdom of God, the church, but also how the Holy Spirit can guide us in our individual decisions that we make, because we are part of the kingdom of God, those that have decided to follow Jesus Christ. And so uh, while I will not say it at every point, I just want to say up front that these points are applicable in your life. You can personalize these. You can walk out of this room saying, okay, well, this is helping me as I arrive at decisions in my life, because all of us have many decisions to make in a lifetime. Amen? Amen. Right, right. So, the Holy Spirit guides kingdom decisions, first of all, with authority. Now, authority is not necessarily a word that all of us like. 
uh, I think uh, from the youngest age, um, you know, a, a one, two, three-year-old can rebel against the authority of parents. Uh, so authority is not something that, oh, yippee, I get to, you know, submit to authority. But this is a kind of a nuance uh, in terms of authority. I like to explain that. The inclusion of the mention of the Holy Spirit, it's just not done flippantly here. It's not done flippantly in our lives. When we talk about what is happening today in the life of Anchor Church, when we say it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, it's not something that's casually said. And I'm sure it wasn't then uh, when they made the decision for the sake of the Gentile Christians. They called a council known as the Jerusalem Council for the leaders to come together and seek what was in the best interest to advance the kingdom of God. There was discussion, there was agreement, and there was unity. And there's a correlation between unity in the body of Christ and the authority of the Holy Spirit. They don't work at odds with each other, against each other. This led to affirmation that the Holy Spirit was good with the decision. Why? Psalm 133 helps us here. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. What is this talking about? It's describing the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon the priest, the high priest. Because it's akin to those that are dwelling together in unity in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives his stamp of approval on what is happening when the people are united. Meaning there is divine authority on the decision. That's why they can say with confidence, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Again, they were in agreement, there was unity, not dissension. As Howard Marshall writes, the letter carries on with a firm tone of authority. This decision reached by the church was regarded as being inspired by the Holy Spirit, who is throughout Acts the guide of the church in its decisions and actions. When the Holy Spirit inspires and guides the decision, the people of God do well to acknowledge and to yield to the authority of the Holy Spirit. When the membership of Anchor votes in a few minutes on the next pastor of this church, I think it's fitting to yield to the authority of the Holy Spirit that there's evidence with unity and clarity that this is of the Spirit and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. In doing so, when such decisions are made, yielding to the authority, the sweet authority of the Holy Spirit, I might add, the people do well to acknowledge that, and in doing so, they will avoid experiencing the heartache that accompanies re resisting the leading of the Holy Spirit. This leads us to our second point. The Holy Spirit guides kingdom decisions to alleviate burdens. To alleviate burdens. The decision the apostles reached lifted a burden on the Gentile Christians. It says as much. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden. No longer would they need to be expected to follow the law of Moses, a Jewish tradition, because they were saved by faith. They were saved by grace through faith, not by works, not by following the regulations of the law. So decisions inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit alleviate burdens for individuals as well as congregations. 
Conversely, kingdom decisions not guided by the Holy Spirit do create burdens. Your leadership at Anchor has said and is saying today, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us that we elect Ryan Seller as our next lead pastor. It's a decision that dramatically eases the burden of finding a lead pastor. I don't know if you've thought about this much. If it wasn't Ryan, then we would be starting from scratch. We would be probably hiring, the board would probably be hiring a headhunter, spending thousands and thousands of dollars on that, all for the point of bringing in someone that you do not know, that does not know you, and likely does not know the culture, the very unique environment that Boston is. That seems like risky proposition, doesn't it? Thousands upon thousands of churches find a lead pastor in that way. I've seen that happen in years of ministry, and I've heard the horror stories of it not fitting and the, the stress of that on a congregation and where some congregations end up then being divided and actually splitting. How unfortunate. And so this, what we are looking at today in the process that we've had really since last fall, in the goodness of the Holy Spirit in leading this, truly alleviates a burden on this membership, upon this congregation and ministry. All because the Holy Spirit was involved in a careful and a thoughtful process. You know, the way of Jesus is designed to alleviate burdens. Perhaps one of the most meaningful statements that Jesus makes to us is this. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're here today and you're wondering, what does it really mean to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus? What does it mean and how could that really impact my life? Jesus himself said, come to me. My yoke is easy. In other words, there's not going to be this stringent thing that, that you feel uh, that is uh, a, a kind of a, a noose, so to speak, or some, some shackle in your life that restricts your freedom to be who you are. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And there is rest for our souls, our spirits. So again, uh, the life in Jesus that he draws us to, that he invites us to, it's, uh, it's for, intended to lift the burdens that we bear in our life. Kingdom decisions led by the Spirit do lighten burdens, just as a person coming to Jesus will experience the rest and lifting of their burdens. This is truly good news, and as it is what we are experiencing as a church today. As a result, the Holy Spirit guides kingdom decisions that are encouraging, which is our third and final point, that are encouraging. The Apostle Luke tells the rest of the story in the verses that follow. So the men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Later verses indicate that the people were strengthened and they were encouraged when the letter was read. The lifting of the burden. 
A decision inspired by the Holy Spirit is encouraging and makes the people glad. Such decisions are worth celebrating, worth having cake, not just for the birthday, but for, again, a celebration in spirit as we sing, as we just experience the presence of the Lord, to celebrate, to rejoice in what God is doing. A few verses later, Luke does indicate that the people were strengthened, strengthened, made stronger by the decision led by, influenced by the Holy Spirit. Conversely, when the Holy Spirit is not invited to lead, and again, it's just a simple invitation. It's done through prayer. Holy Spirit, lead us. Holy Spirit, in this decision, impress upon me the right decision that I would make. But not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us can often result in a decision being made that ends up being discouraging, that there can be weakness instead of strength, and there can actually be sorrow instead of celebration. This process with Ryan and Lauren has been encouraging. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has led us. The Holy Spirit has led them. There's been unity in leadership. And congregational unity as evident in the two Q&A sessions that we had with Pastor Ryan. And in love. And for this we are deeply, deeply thankful So may the kingdom of God be advanced in and through Anchor Church in these last days. For surely we can say it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to invite Pastor Ryan to be our next lead pastor. And may every decision the church makes in the future be inspired by, be led by the Holy Spirit. Decisions that will yield to divine authority Decisions that will alleviate potential burdens and decisions that are made that will be celebrated both in heaven and on earth. I'd like for us to pray together. Father in heaven, it's by your master plan, your design, the working of the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins the victory of the empty tomb which in and of itself secures eternal life for all of us who follow you. Thus defining the mission that we would tell the good news to those that are currently lost that they might experience the eternal hope found in knowing you. And Holy Spirit, How amazing you are to be ever-present in our life, to lead us truly by the Spirit of God, to help us make decisions, Lord, that we understand that there is the signature, as it were, of authority over it as we sense your presence in leading us, inspiring us, and uniting us always in accordance with the word of God, never in contradiction of scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for impressing upon us a path forward that alleviates burdens, 
And Lord, thank you for decisions that are inspired by you, led by you, that, Lord, will be strength and encouragement to us, thus giving us cause to say, thank you. We rejoice in you, Lord. We rejoice in the Spirit of God who is active and living and working in our lives as individuals and as the body of Christ. For all of this, we give you thanks. And, Lord, we dedicate the future starting with this vote that is about to take place. We leave it in your good hands, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.